are listening to Internal Logic. Greetings to all of our listeners. I'm glad that you picked me up again so soon. I was actually just thinking of a tale that concerned a lonely driver like yourself, who... You know what? I think that's where I will start. I call this tale, The Future in the Headlights. Jake pushes the accelerator of his yellow 1977 Firebird and emerges onto the highway. His eyes scan back and forth like a manic inkjet. Stay calm. He reminds himself over and over again as he looks in the rearview mirror for the flash of police lights. He can feel the depressive chemicals in the pot he smoked at Ryan's place about 20 minutes ago and wonders if the neighboring vehicles can tell if he was high. The Firebird's tires cross the rumble strip and corrects Jake's uneven course with its dreadful noise. He mutters to himself as he exits the highway and gets on a solitary state route to go the rest of the way home. A stop sign stands at the end of the off-ramp with a lone streetlight overhead. The car comes to a halt a foot over the thick white line as Jake checks for oncoming traffic to emerge from the gloom. His eye lingers on the wall of darkness to his left that begins underneath the overpass that carries the highway overhead. Jake feels an unknown presence within that impenetrable veil and is tempted to put its mystery to bed once and for all. Forget it. He keeps his eye on the diminishing stop sign in his rearview mirror until he gets his car up to 45 miles an hour. The next three miles of route is smothered by trees on both sides, so Jake has to be prepared. His headlights barely cut eight feet ahead of the bumper, so Jake kicks in the high beams just as... SHIT! Jake loses control of the Trans Am steering wheel and his body steals itself as he wrenches the wheel into the spin. The car skids to a halt on the other lane and sits for a minute. The Trans Am is facing the opposite direction, so Jake catches sight of what he struck a few moments prior. An old and rusted white bicycle that lay crumpled on its side in the middle of the road. The rear tire still spinning uselessly in the air. This is bullshit. There's nothing there. It's just my imagination. Jake clenches his eyes shut as he pleads in hopes that everything will be gone. But the bicycle remains despite his hope. He starts to hop out of the car to look for whomever was riding the bike. But a cynical voice in his head demands that he leave now. After all, nobody else saw the accident. Well, he thinks to himself, almost no one. It was that feeling again. The engine throbs with untapped energy that demands that he move. Get out of there. Do something. Jake throws his car into drive, buries the accelerator into the floor mat, and sends himself hurling towards the highway at 55 miles an hour, and climbing, 
His eyes take in every detail to help keep the vehicle on the road despite the speed and limited visibility. The car reaches 70 miles an hour, but Jake still can't outrun the image of the bicycle that planted a lance of dread in him. He thought little of blowing through the intersection this time, and continues onward to the widening lanes that will lead him back onto the highway. There's a sudden burst of colorful light that sting Jake's eyes from the rearview mirrors. A state trooper from the look of the paint job on the motorcycle. Damn it! The trooper must have been getting off the highway as the Trans Am was going over 30 over the limit in the intersection. Jake slows the car and pulls off to the side of the road to wait for his moment in the hot seat. His eyes look normal enough, so he's confident that he will only get a speeding ticket as long as he kept his cool. The trooper's motorcycle pulls in 10 feet behind Jake's Trans Am but there's no sign of the trooper getting off. Go ahead, run my plates. I've got a clean record, asshole. Jake's eyes catch sight of a shred of red fabric that's stuck in the Firebird's back left wheel well. He nearly gasps in terror before smothering his mouth with his hands. He has little doubt in his mind that it belongs to whatever or whomever he had run over a few thousand feet back in the road. The tatters of someone's hoodie. The fabric is hanging out only a few inches so Jake doesn't think it will attract much attention to itself. The trooper finally disembarks from his bike and approaches the Trans Am's driver's side. Jake clutches his license and registration in his sweaty hands and prays that the trooper wouldn't see the damning evidence. Roll down your window. The trooper tapped on the glass with the tip of his flashlight. Jake takes rein of his nerves and rolls down his window. Good evening, officer. License registration. The trooper's voice is rough and humorless. The cards are passed through the window into the trooper's gloved hand. Wait here. Jake can only manage a limp. Yes, sir. As he rolls up the window and watches the trooper return to his bike. Thankfully, the officer failed to see the red fabric under the tires, but there's no guarantee that he wouldn't see it when he returned in a few moments. I can just gun it and keep on going until I can't go anymore. Jake did his best to stymie his impulse but it's hard to argue that it was better than learning more about that bicycle. It was all about that damn bicycle. The reality of what happened sank in through the haze. He thought of his odds if he actually decides to run. There aren't any other officers or cars on the road, and his V8 engine can get him out of here in no time. Open the window. The trooper is back at the window. He rolls down the window and waits for the officer to make his next move. You know why I pulled you over? Jake can't get the bicycle out of his mind. Well, I, um... Are you alright, son? Yeah, sorry, I was... His eyes linger in the side-view mirror, staring at the hoodie in the reflection. The trooper follows his line of sight and sees the reflection. What the...? The officer steps away from Jake's window and pulls the hoodie out from underneath the firebird's tires. The hoodie is in poor shape after being dragged such a great distance. The article is small, and probably belongs to a child. What the hell is this? The trooper holds it out in front of Jake, so he can't help but see it. When did this happen? I don't know. Jake licks his lips and gets ready to get his ass out of there. Get out your vehicle! The trooper drops his hand down onto his gun and unlatches the holster. Jake stomps his foot down onto the gas pedal and feels the power of the engine open up under him.
Jake's heart sank incredulously as he realizes that he left the car in park when he made his attempt. And so he only succeeded in telling the trooper his true intentions. Get out now! The trooper meant business and might not only use his gun for effect. Jake climbs out of his creaky firebird and out into the cutting spring air. The same cold that he left a child out to die in. I didn't do anything. The trooper scoffs. Why else would you have been driving so fast when I stopped you? Why else would you try to run from me? The trooper grabs Jake's collar and pulls him close. Where'd it happen? Show me if you ever want to be warm again. Alright, I'll, all right, I'll show you. Just lay off me. The officer lets go of Jake's collar and takes a step back. I swear I didn't know. Oh, move! The officer keeps his hand near his weapon and motions for Jake to walk ahead of him. They walk several hundred feet up the road back to where the accident occurred. The mangled bike frame is exactly where Jake left it. The trooper takes the lead and examines the scene with his flashlight. It was here. Jake adds glumly. I need you to tell me where this other person went. I don't know. I didn't see anybody. I got out to look, but there was only the bike. Stay here and don't move an inch. I'm warning you says the trooper before ducking into a shrub on the far side of the road and disappearing from Jake's sight. The only remnant of his presence is the rustling branches of the bushes. Jake considers running back to his car, but knows that it will be a useless gesture. The trooper still has Jake's license and registration locked away somewhere, and Jake refuses to escape only to have the cops meet him at his front door. You son of a bitch! The trooper's torso emerges from the bushes. You'll pay for this! For what? The trooper gets loose of the clinging branches and reaches for his radio. We're going to need an ambulance up by mile marker 15 on Route 50. Request immediate assistance. What did you find? Jake blurts. I found what you didn't want me to find. But what is it? He has to know. Jake can't stand it. What did you find? The trooper looks at him in disgust. You ought to know. You were dragging a hoodie on your tire. Jake became a marked man upon hearing the words. I didn't mean it. It was an accident. Save it for the judgment, kid. The trooper gets his cuffs from his belt and holds his arm out for Jake. I'm placing you under arrest. I need you to put your hands behind your back. The cold metal closes around Jake's wrists and wakes his sense of self-preservation from its slumber. He bolts away from the trooper's grip and makes for the trees with all of his strength. He makes it to the bushes before the trooper jumps onto his back and brings him down into the next person-sized lump in the bushes. Well, look what you got here, brother, says the lump in the bushes. The man's voice had the same roughness the troopers had. The man pins Jake to the ground with his knee. Drake struggles to breathe under the man's weight. What's going on? Hey, don't you remember? You're under arrest. <clears throat> this is bullshit. You can't treat me like this. I didn't mean to run her over. Jake calls defiantly. The trooper hollers and becomes visibly excited at the mention of his victim. Do you want to see what you did? Jake feels like he's going to throw up. The trooper smiles wide. I'll be right back. Make sure he doesn't go nowhere. He won't. Responds the other man, as the trooper went back into the woods to find the little girl. Jake lashes out and tries to get away from the other man's stronghold, but it was useless. No, please no! He strains against the man's grubby fingers to keep his eyes clenched shut and keep the horrible sight from being burned into his mind. The trooper emerges with a crumpled form in his arms. His clothes are in tatters and stained and tufts of hair are missing from its pale scalp. Look at her! He shoves the girl's face into Jake. Ah! Look at her! The trooper presses on. 
while the other man forces Jake's eyes open again with his fingers. Jake's eyes focus and find the blank face of a storm mannequin looking back at him. Jake struggles with the contradictory evidence in his mind, while the other two men continue to laugh at him. But I heard you call for help. She's fake. That's right. I call for help. They should be here any moment now. Jake heard a car come down the road and stop a few feet away. We're over here. We'll load this one up, and then we'll come back for this car. The trooper calls out to the newcomers. Honest hog time. The other man asks the trooper as three more men come into the bushes from the road. No, thanks. The trooper pauses a moment before he shows a sinister grin. He motions to the others. Cut his bonds and get him out on the road. The others set about doing as the trooper told them, while Jake wonders what's happening to him. They lead him out of the bushes and back out into the road, where he sees an old pickup truck with a cage built into its truck bed. Its unwashed human occupants are plainly visible and stare out helplessly from behind their bonds. All of their attackers look related to the trooper in one degree or another. Knowing that his attackers were likely inbred didn't make things clearer to Jake. So you're letting me go? He hopes that the offer wasn't too much to wish for. I'm afraid not. The trooper frowns. But we'll give you a sporting chance. What does that mean? Jake demands. All the others laugh at this question like the answer is obvious. This means I'm gonna give you a head start. Say, however long it takes you to get to your firebird. The trooper holds up Jake's keys, as though to taunt his victim. Only, I won't forget to put the car in drive when I floor it. Poor Jake. I guess you can never tell who you can trust these days. I'm not saying that Jake was right to leave the scene of the accident, but you can hardly say that he deserved to be run down and eaten for it. Nonetheless, that's part of life on the road for you. One minute you're riding high, the next. This is where we part for now, and I want you to head straight home from here. Just be sure to keep an eye out for any rogue troopers or abandoned bicycles that might come and ruin your... I hope that you pick me up again in the future. I'm always ready to entertain my audience. You just listened to The Future in the Headlights, written and performed by Cody Tracy, with additional voices provided by Jason Keefer.
Thank you for listening to Eternal Logic.